new year and welcome to GKW. It's Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel uh, from ESPN Milwaukee. Along with me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And you can check him out, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. Uh, so anything going on, guys? Anything we should be... <laughs> Unbelievable today. We're planning out a show, getting excited to talk about Wrestle Kingdom, because last time we did the live show, we talked about Wrestle Kingdom. We all said we were going to watch it. The website was a little complicated, so I think it, I wasn't able to do it live. But trust me, I was able to figure it out eventually. We can make fun of all of us coming up in a little bit. But the good news today is Vince McMahon wants to force his way back into WWE. Initially, a story broken by who else in the Vince McMahon saga? The Wall Street Journal. They've been all over everything that it comes to Vince McMahon to the point where a press release is issued, not by the WWE, but by Vince McMahon himself. Uh, sending out a, uh, a a press release talking about how he wants to come back and how he is bringing back uh, Michelle Wilson, George Berrios, who suddenly resigned back in January of 2020 for not seeing eye to eye with the then chairman and CEO. Uh, and as part of this, We'll just read this to kind of get this out of the way, guys. Uh, so Miss Wilson, Ms. Mr. Barrios, highly qualified directors whose professional experience positions uh, experience positions them well to help the company achieve the best possible outcomes in both initiatives, both those initiatives being a potential sale of the company and media rights uh, negotiations. As former WWE co-presidents and board members, they are intimately familiar with industry dynamics and the organization's operations that have helped guide the company through past successful media rights negotiations. I look forward to working closely again with Michelle and George, as well as the company's remaining directors and management team who have my full support and confidence. WWE has an exceptional management team in place. I do not intend for my, I do not intend for my return to have any impact on the rules, duties, or responsibilities. So a part of this and a part of the Wall Street Journal story is Vince McMahon does not want to play ball. He is pretty much, uh, we, we learned as part of this, that he tried to, you know, inform the board that he was coming back in the month of December. They more or less said, no, nah, that's a bad idea. We want no part of that. And now Vince is playing hardball because he has the, the voting majority. So he can kind of do some things behind the scenes. And he's pretty much telling the board, hey, play ball. Otherwise, I will not approve any sale of the company or any media rights deals that are negotiated with the company trying to force his way back in. What is your guys' initial reaction to this Vince McMahon news? Well, he says that he wants to preside over a sale. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. We've heard no rumor, no innuendo whether or not someone wants to be a suitor and wants to buy the WWE. We have speculated for a long time whether ESPN or Disney was interested. We speculated maybe Fox would be interested and in, in, uh, maybe NBC Universal and others would be interested in buying the WWE. But we haven't heard anything lately as far as uh, a suitor for the WWE. So to me, he just wants control um, because clearly he's bored, guys. After all this time, the way he was ousted, he made the comment just recently, we talked about it here on GKW, that he got bad advice, that he shouldn't have been able to be pushed out, and he wants back in. He doesn't know anything else besides being a promoter for the WWE. Uh, and I would say this, that if I'm a shareholder, I'm very concerned about my stock, number one. And two, I'd be very concerned about class action lawsuits. There are still things going on, bro, it's regarding Vince McMahon, uh, the Rita Chatterton story, it's, that lawsuit is still out there. The referee that 
uh, made the comment and alleged that Vince McMahon sexually abused her. Um, there's a number of other things that's out there regarding Vince McMahon, new stories that have been um, uh, uncovered by the Wall Street Journal. So I just think this is all power play because he's not the, he's the chairman of the board, but he has no power, no teeth. And uh, if I'm the WWE, I'm very concerned if Vince does return. Well, that's a weird thing. Stock prices somehow went up today. We'll see if that, you know, sort of corrects itself. But my big takeaway. Sell tomorrow. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> my big thing is our initial reaction when Vince had originally left was like, wow, we never thought we would see this before Vince dies. And I think that's still true. Like, I think Vince is going to go down kicking and screaming until he is buried. He is going to be involved in this company. The it, it, it's just, it, it's not shocking, right? Like, it's not shocking that he would try to force his way back in, by the way. So I'm, I'm with you, Jay Hood. Like, I don't think there's an actual potential suitor. I think this is Vince just trying to find his way to get back in. And I, I guess I haven't really negotiated any rights deals recently, but those rights deals that they have with USA and Fox, they run through September of 2024. So it's not quite two years, but it's pretty damn close to two years that they have before they figure that out. And I understand you start negotiating those things well ahead of time. I don't think you start negotiating them, you know, uh, 22 months out. I, I just don't think that that's the way that works. But, you know, he's trying to force his way back in. And it's it's funny because he says, you know, the management team, and I think it was Sean Ross Sapp, uh tweeted out with, Oh, right now the talent doesn't feel like this is going to affect them. This is more just board level stuff. How is this not going to affect them? How many of those cuts that were made before Vince was ousted earlier this year, how many of those were made in the name of, oh, we need to cut because we need to have our stock price at a good place. We need to have our expenses at a place so we can sell the company. So Vince is still trying to continue this narrative of trying to keep his operating costs down while trying to sell the company. I mean, some of these, some of these talents that were just re-signed could potentially be on the chopping block once again. And, and just one more time, let's get into the weeds of this. And then we'll talk about the creative um, aspect of this. So from what we read, those two that you mentioned, you said Michelle Wilson and George Berrios. Those are the other yes. two, right? These are two people that even weren't with Vince last time that we saw Vince. And so you could tell, like, he's trying to bring allies in so that way he can get full control. Because when it comes to a vote, he'll have those two and I'm sure others that's in the board boardroom. I'm just wondering, is there someone in particular that he's looking to get out? If he's going to have Berrios and Michelle Wilson in there, does this mean the end for not Stephanie because Stephanie is an ally for Vince, but what does this mean for Triple H allies that are in the room, right? Because when it comes to a, a vote, he has to have as many votes and many as uh, and many people that can curry favor with him as possible in that room. So I wonder who'd be leaving, who would we try to oust? I don't think he cares. I think anyone that's going to support him is going to be the people on the board. That's who he wants there. Like, I don't think he cares at this point. Like, they're just names and numbers to him at this point. Well, let's yeah. just let's talk about the, about something that makes Neitzel angry, and that is how bad the Royal Rumble is. And I'm only because oh. I'm going to make this parallel, right? It's it, because I know how much you love the Royal Rumble, right? Well, who was in control at that time, Vince? I'm just using it as an example. Because yeah. if he does return, the thing that we've seen over the last, God, 15, 20 years is terrible creative, bad television, 
whatever you think of the Triple H era, this is better than what Vince was doing. So if he does come back into play, and he will, by the way, it's not if, when he comes back into play, he's going to want to be able to stick his nose into creative, guys. And so that means that no matter what Triple H and his staff is doing, uh, Vince is the chairman of the board. He wants to do whatever he wants to do, despite all the stuff that's around him. Because uh, to me, people on the service will say, this is a sexual predator, and he's still just walking around the WWE. Uh, from from a creative standpoint, he'll have something to say. So your Royal Rumble very well could be ruined in San Antonio in a couple of weeks. Again. Oh, man. And your WrestleMania. Uh, yep. Thanks. Thanks for that stark awakening. But yeah, no, no, it's a hundred percent. And and there's seemingly so here's where it, it becomes interesting. Just because we I'm not very familiar with the politics that are involved in a Fortune 500 company, with a publicly traded company that's worth, what, reportedly $5 billion. I think that's what the, the sale price for WWE could potentially be. Like, the backroom dealings there and, and trying to figure out and wade into, okay, how does Vince force himself in? But once he gets back on the board, yeah, I, I don't see a scenario in which he comes back. And if he goes, oh, I want to do creative again, like Triple H is going to get out of the way for that. Like he's not going to want to deal with the dramatics and the drama that of, of trying to stand his ground. I, I, if Vince wants back in, we're seeing right now that he's going to force his way back in unless there's some creative way that the current board, which, oh, by the way, can has Triple H, has Stephanie, has Nick Khan, who presumably would be a Vince McMahon guy, as long as those people are in power, unless they step up and find a creative way to stand in his way, this is this is what's going to happen. Right. I mean, we talk all the time about ego. I mean, Jay, you just mentioned like, hey, WWE, it might not be the best, but it is better right now. You don't think he's been sitting home reading all this and seeing all this like, hey, WWE is so much better now that Vince is gone. That is driving him up a wall. So I give it a month before he's back in creative saying, oh, I'll show you guys and making it better. And it just turns into part jokes and, you know, Vince creative. That's so do you think that this, as long as we're talking about creative and we've talked about here on GKW with the Rumble into WrestleMania about all the different possibilities that exist, because clearly plan number one is Dwayne, is The Rock. Uh, and and having him involved in WrestleMania in some way and trying to figure out the logistics of that and if he's at the Royal Rumble and all these things. Is another reason why we're not quite sure of some of the plans for Mania because this started happening in December. So now Triple H is going, man, if I start planting seeds now, that could get completely blown up when Vince comes back in. Yes, it's like the television show Succession that I uh, that I enjoy. It's the same oh, thing. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just that here's someone who can't step, who can't just vacation, someone that just can't step away because, as I mentioned, and we went through this a few weeks ago, all the things that he's tried, Vince McMahon, they failed. Trying to start a football league and, you know, uh, having a bodybuilding professional league and all the other stuff that he's tried. Nothing's worked except being a promoter for professional wrestling. For sports entertainment and i know that's his baby because he's still the chairman i still i know it's his baby but you know what it's just you have to know when to be able to walk away and he's and there's no mirrors in his mansion clearly there's no mirrors he feels like no matter what i'm teflon don i could just be able to do whatever and that's not right i'll just point this one thing out about this and that is if i were if i were to buy the wwe in that contract, Vince can't be around in my company. He can't be a consultant. He can't do creative. And I think that that also will be difficult for him to be able to let go too. Uh, I want to preside over a sale. Well, 
I don't know if there's any real suitors, but if it is, Vince can be part of it. I mean, he's 78 years old. What can right. he do? Because because here's the thing. And the other thing, too, is if they were if it's true that they are trying to sell, trying to uh, sell it, the WWE still sells itself. Stephanie could sell it. Triple H could sell it. Like they, they could be they could be the face of it. And I think the sales still go through. Are you going to make more money just because Vince says, all right, goddamn, we're good. That's, I mean, it's the, the company's fine. You don't need Vince to help a sale go through, but he can't help himself because he's Vince McMahon. But it's selfish reasons. I've seen people point out on Twitter, it's going to be like when the UFC was sold, part of the caveat was Dana White staying in a position of power. Dana's dealing with his own stuff right now, but like that's what it's going to be. Vince is going to pick the buyer that is going to keep him around. And when we talk about the Rumble and stuff like that, if you're Dwayne, you can't be involved in the WWE if Vince McMahon's there. Dwayne Johnson is too big of a star to have his name associated with Vince McMahon. So the, ultimately, because you're a publicly traded company, you have to act in the best interest of your stockholders. Is there a way? Because I, I agree with everything you were just saying, Rhodes. And, and if, if he does somehow sell it, he's going to sell it with the caveat that he's involved. But wouldn't that bring the price down? Like if Vince McMahon is involved, doesn't that bring the price down? So wouldn't the best interest, if you're actually interested in selling, is sell it to the highest bidder who's going to give you and the stockholders the biggest price? I mean, when you're that rich, does it make a difference? If they sell for a billion less than they could have, like, does he care? No, I, I don't think he cares, but I think that the board of directors, that, that's where the board of directors might have an alley of trying to stop him, of, hey, we have to act in the best interest. We have bylaws, we have yada, 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 where we have to act in the best interest, therefore we have to go here where you're then no longer involved. I, I, again, I don't know. This is all hypothesizing on my point because I'm way out over my skis when it comes to selling a company that is traded like this on the stock market, but I'm just, look, I am trying to find desperately a way to save the Royal Rumble, all right? Jay Hood brought it up. Now I'm desperate. The Royal Rumble sucked last year because Shane had to book it. Like, yeah. so thankfully Shane's no longer there. Like, don't have to worry about that this year. For now. I'm, I'm getting excited for the Rumble. And then Jay Hood comes along and he's like, hey, by the way, Rome might suck here coming up in a couple weeks. I know I'm you trying love to save it. I know you love it, but Vince is going to be around the company, at least as far as we know at this point in time. And I know, and by the way, we, we are retweeting a lot of information at GKW underscore wrestling about this. So follow our Twitter feed uh, for the latest on this. And I know that there's some conjecture out there, like Vince is, is says uh, from the Wall Street Journal, and we also saw this from his press release, that he would have nothing to do with creative in in some ways. He said that, right? And, but we know that that's yes. not true. That I'm calling that a lie right now. Um, Ryan Lambert uh, from what? YouTube. Vince McMahon? Lie? What? Yeah. Ryan says that he's using the upcoming rights and the, or the deal to take back the company and put people back in place that favor him. Well, you know, yeah. it, it's so funny how this works, right? People could not wait to get out of WWE to run to Tony Khan, New Japan, anywhere else but Vince. And now Vince could be returning. So is William Regal. The next topic, William Regal, is he going back to AEW? <laughs> now that Vince has returned. <laughs> I mean, this literally comes on the heels of people that are signed to WWE being in Japan, working for other companies like this week. That's all happened. And like, that's something that probably aided him also. It's like, what do you mean you're working for another company? Like, it all just sort of lines up. It all comes down to ego, and it's where we are right now. Yeah. So it's a story we're going to continue to monitor closely. If there is big breaking news, I'm sure we'll do special GKWs just like we have in the past around Vince McMahon and 
and everything that's happened from the allegations to the sudden resignation that he had this past summer to what's happened today. We'll, we'll continue to monitor this going forward, but we, it was a big week of professional wrestling. A lot of fun was had some big returns were made in WWE and AEW had a great show. And of course, wrestle kingdom. So we dive into all that and something that we like to call the three count, the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. Brian, what do we have at number one? You mentioned those returns, Gabe. So which one has been the bigger WWE return news for the past couple weeks? John Cena's return on SmackDown as the main event, Charlotte Flair's return on SmackDown, or Cody Rhodes' vignette return on Raw the last couple of weeks? <laughs> they, they, they keep teasing that Cody Rhodes return, which, again, is, is kind of teasing towards a return, I think, of the Royal Rumble. I, I don't know why you would do that. Like, you would... You would get a bigger pop for Cody if he just shows up at the Royal Rumble because everyone's kind of expecting It'd be one of those things like CM Punk when he came up to AEW. Like everybody's kind of pointed to the Rumble ever since that injury. So everyone's kind of expecting it, but people would go nuts. And to me, you're undercutting it a little bit right now. But I am going with John Cena because this dude, it was one of the best ratings that they got all year long on a Friday before New Year's Eve. Like this is on Monday. During this holiday week, it's it's a dead time for everybody. Everything. Like, other than, you know, TNT and, and TBS showing a Christmas story six million times. Like, there is nothing on television at this point. Like, WWE just ran a best of show the day after Christmas. But John Cena comes back that Friday, and it pops a huge number. John Cena is still a giant star. And whenever he's around, he draws the eyeballs. He draws interest. So, I am going to say just from that number, which was a good one for SmackDown on Friday night, I am saying... John Cena. Yeah, I'm going to say John Cena as well, um, but let's go through all three. So Cena returns. He's in Tampa, Florida. It's sold out immediately. People appreciate John Cena, but it's not just that John Cena was there, bro. It's, it's the fact is, is the way he was utilized. That's how you utilize uh, a star, a superstar, right? He hasn't wrestled for a while, but he could still do a few things in the ring. It wasn't like he was in there for 10 minutes and 15 minutes where he could strain a calf or anything like that. You know, what he was in there, he got the hot tag. He did a few things, and that's all you needed. Uh, I was looking at the clock at the time, uh, watching it live in the hotel room. It's like 846 Central. I'm like, <laughs> well, it's not going to last long. <laughs> so I said this, is a, and I, I think, and it was perfect, right? Charlotte. People have been well, real quick on Cena. Yeah. You guys mentioned that number, two point six million, highest since December of twenty twenty. So highest in two years to show what sort of star power he still has. Absolutely, and and I thought that SmackDown was very good, and usually it is very good. I'll still stand. I'll still stand by that SmackDown is the number one show for the WWE because yeah. it's on Fox oh, yeah. Network. It's the number one show. When it comes to Charlotte, people in on wrestling Twitter were so upset. Charlotte, how did she just win the championship for Ronda Rousey so quickly? Listen. You can't get a good match out of Ronda Rousey. If you're going to take the belt away from her, that's how you do it. People are so, I can't believe, how come this wasn't part of the Royal Rumble? How come it wasn't? No, this actually was a good idea. No one saw Charlotte Flair coming out of nowhere. It, it goes along with the uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair a documentary on Peacock. So I think that there is a little uh, symmetry there. But because Ronda Rousey has been a flop, to me, in the ring, I wouldn't want to see that match at, at the Royal Rumble. Even Charlotte Flair couldn't get a good match out of Ronda Rousey. So I'm glad the championship's off of her, and I think they did it the right way. With Cody, um, yes, it's a, it's the worst-kept secret. We knew that he was going to come back, possibly a Royal Rumble. But you know what? Because of these vignettes, and I saw it, 
it goes right back to his dad. And but I'm gonna get this championship because my dad couldn't win the WWF at the time. Makes me think that he's gonna get one of these championships by WrestleMania. Why would you have the vignettes now? You're planting the seeds for Cody to do something special by the time we get to April, I think. Oh, 100%. Really? I'm 100% on board with that. I just, think I agree, so, Gabe. I think, they're cutting out the leg, I think they're cutting out the legs of the Rumble. Like, I hate that they're doing that. And the Charlotte thing, like, like it's a good surprise. They don't have prizes anymore. It was so good. You mentioned Rick Flair. He mentioned on his podcast, he didn't know when he was in the building. He went home. He missed the return. He went backstage and like went home and he didn't know Charlotte was there. So that's the good oh. kayfabe right there. Tom Rinaldi, I like a cranberry and vodka. I like that's because he's drinking. That's probably why he didn't recognize his own daughter drinking, according to the documentary. I think that's why he didn't know. I understand that there's a certain portion of wrestling, but again, I feel it's like wrestling Twitter. Charlotte's still a star. Like she just has, because, I mean, she is a physical presence. Like she, you know, she is, you know, she stands in there and she is an attraction. She is a draw. She is a star in the WWE. So I, I have no problem with her. I'm excited that she's back. Cause I think that SmackDown women's division desperately needed a, a boost. Um, I thought this could potentially then bump Ronda Rousey to finally getting that match against Becky Lynch. That doesn't seem like it's going to be a thing based on rumors because Becky Lynch is like, nah, man, she's like, when she was still hot, you know, like four years ago, yeah, we could have done this rematch finally at WrestleMania one-on-one. -on -one, and it's just, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I don't know what happens with Ronda Rousey from here, but Charlotte being back is nothing but a good thing because it just continues to add depth to that women's division on SmackDown, which desperately needed it. I think she's a better heel than babyface Broads, but I mean, she's a babyface in that spot. Yeah, no, I agree with that. The other thing I'll add about these three, when it comes to Cena, we talk a lot, and I think we will continue to talk about it until Roman drops the belt, about who that contender is. Can we rule out it being Cena and him being the record holder and him being the one to dethrone Roman? I think so, just because I don't think he can commit to being around for any sort of actual title run. Like, even if when he's not wrestling. the like, WWE? Well, because at least Brock would show up every once in a while. Like if, if Cena's off shooting a movie and he can't come back, like I, I just don't think, and, and again, with, with Vince back in play, who the hell knows, right? Like, I don't think Triple H would do it, especially with Triple H and the reverence that he has for Ric Flair. I don't think Triple H would pull the trigger on Cena breaking that record. Uh, so, but with Vince, like Vince, I think Vince gives a rip about Ric Flair. He created John Cena. Of course, the creation of Vince, of Vince McMahon should be the all-time greatest champion in the history of professional wrestling. So, yeah, with Vince back in, it, it's certainly back in play, I guess. Yep, I mean, with Vincent play, you can't even rule out Roman taking the U.S. title and the IC titles at Mania. Like, literally just put every belt on Roman at this point. Now, you see, we had a good direction on this show because it was Triple H. We know exactly kind of – we kind of know his path. If Vince comes back in, now we have to kind of um, refigure our thoughts about what the direction of WWE. See, that's a pro That's why it's murky. It's murky. Now, you thought it was murky trying to get the championships off of Roman at some point. If Vince comes back, well, another rain, another another year, pal. As, you know, who knows? See, that's why Vince doesn't need to be around. Triple H, I'm sure, had a plan for everybody. By the time we get to April, if Vince is back and over the shoulder of Triple H, who knows what that looks like? The creative was so bad. So bad under Vince. No direction. You're giving people two weeks to be able to prove themselves, and then you get them off TV. I mean, it just it, it is it, it's um 
it's not good if you're a wrestling fan to have that feeling that Vince would be returning, especially in the creative process. If Vince comes back, how quickly does Gunter lose the IC title? Uh, the first week he's back. <laughs> All right. No, I would say the first week he's on TV, which wouldn't be guaranteed to be the first week. That could be a month later because it's the uh, IC title and it won't matter. How show in Tulsa. <laughs> Get it off of him, that big bastard. <laughs> Imperium. <laughs> what does that the hell mean? Is this? <laughs> uh, Eric Collins says Charlotte needs to start wrestling the guys. She has nothing left to prove against the women. Only one who could, uh, in a couple of years, challenge Charlotte is Bianca. So I guess based off of the rumors I've seen around uh, the Ronda Rousey stuff, it seems that Charlotte could potentially be in another collision course with Rhea Ripley. Cool. Um, which, sign me up for that. Yeah, sign me up for Rhea Ripley. Again, we've, we've talked about how we have enjoyed as a show Rhea Ripley and what she has done within Judgment Day. And clearly to me, like if Rhea Ripley goes and wins the Rumble, I'm cool with that on the women's side and giving her her choice of, you know, getting another championship belt, whether it's Raw or SmackDown on Rhea Ripley, to me, is very much in play at WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, here's how good Rhea Ripley is. She's made Dominic palatable. I mean, now is Dominic not over now? Like, I know this is a lot, this is a lot of Bruce Pritchard. I could this is a lot of Bruce Pritchard. But put, put here's what you do: put a little teardrop by, by your eye and have some extra ink on your arms and, and slick your hair back. That's so Bruce Pritchard. I know that's him. I know he's working to try to get Dominic over because I know he loved Ray. But I think the combination of Dominic and Rhea, that's starting to work. Now Dominic's oh, yeah. over. Now, now all of a sudden he's over. Now, can he work? No. But he's over as a personality <laughs> so far, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it'll cut me. He's still so incredibly young. I mean, we talk about all these young guys in AEW. Like, he's younger than all of them, you know, other than Hook. You know, like, he's just so incredibly young. He's so incredibly raw. Like it's, I'm willing to give him some time to grow in the ring. He got to go to the front of the line because of who his dad is and be featured, but he's done good character work to your point. <laughs> All right, bro. It's you ready. You, you love the wacky booking. You ready? Uh -huh. Let's go. Okay. All right. So Dominic against hook. Who wins that one? Book it. Who wins that? <laughs> But Hook can still sort of work. Like, no, he's not Brian Danielson. I feel like Hook could, shouldn't be compared to him in that regard. Can Hook work, really? You think? I yeah, think oh, Hook can work. Yeah. He's not Brian Danielson, but he, he's not Dominic Mysterio. He's a step above. Hook can I, work. I, I don't know. I see Hook do the same. I mean, look, Hogan did the same thing. He had five moves. Cena had five moves. I see the same things from Hook. I never – Hook never sells. And and Hook does the same moves every time, which is cool. Because well, every every move he's in, every every match he's been in AEW has been a squash match. So he hasn't had. I don't know if I've ever seen him take. I don't think I've ever seen him take a move. I don't think I've seen him take a bump. I don't know if he can sell. They've I never asked know, him to sell. I just didn't know Taz's son was Goldberg, but that's fine. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean. He's never going to be in peril. Never going to be down with that big. Well, I mean, he's here. he's wrestling. Is it next week? It's it's him and uh, Jungle Boy going Jungle up against. Hook next uh, week. Yeah. So, I mean, my guess is if he gets in the ring with Big Bill, he's going to have to sell something because Big <laughs> Bill is <laughs> going to be tough. You better. <laughs> it's like, I know that Hook is a badass, but you have to sell a little bit, son. Like, you just can't come through here. Otherwise, and he should just beat MJF for the title. I mean, if he's that good. But 
but uh, but the, I think it's a great topic that we had there with Cena, Charlotte, and Cody. I am I am looking forward to seeing what twenty twenty three brings for all three. What do we got at number two, Brian? There was a pretty big wrestling event this weekend. Wrestle Kingdom 17 taking place in the wee hours of Wednesday morning. Hopefully everyone's caught up on sleep since then. So what was your biggest takeaway from Wrestle Kingdom? All right. So this wasn't my biggest takeaway, but I want to get it out of the way. How yes. do we pronounce Mercedes's last name? Like Mo- be- well, Monet. Monet. Is it Monet? Monet. Monet. Yes. I think so. I thought it was like money. Monet, like money. Yeah. That's not what the Japanese public address guy said. He's- no, the, the <laughs> Japanese public address guy said money. And, like, her music kept saying money. And she said money. But, like, uh, the, the American uh, commentary kept saying Monet. So I'm, I'm still very unclear on how to say her new character's name. I, think, I trust Kevin Kelly. I think, I think it was – I think it's Monet, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, Mercedes Monet, then, um, obviously made her debut – uh, but my biggest takeaway, and I'll probably talk about this more at the end of the show, spoiler alert, but, man, I, I, I'm so glad that match between Kenny and Will Ospreay just delivered. Mox is probably jealous because they just beat the crap out of each other for a half hour. One of them's got a bloody nose and there's blood everywhere. Kenny's eyes swollen shut. Like, that was a... I haven't watched a Wrestle Kingdom before. I've seen some bits and pieces of other ones, like when Chris Jericho made his debut over there and when Mox has been over there for the IWGP US Championship as well. You kind of see bits and pieces. Um, I've been more indoctrinated with New Japan Pro Wrestling style this year, just kind of with the crossover stuff they've done with AEW, the shows they've been doing within the United States. They had the Windy City one, I know, uh, in Chicago this year as well. Uh, Man, it is... (laughs) It is who it is not for the faint of hearts. And that match certainly wasn't for the faint of heart, but it was wildly entertaining as Kenny Omega is your new IWGP United States champion. Okay. So no offense, Gabe, but I look at new Japan. Like I look at golf. I'm just interested in the majors. Right. And I know that you watch everything. I don't want to offend you because I know that you're Mr. <laughs> golf on the show, but yeah. I, outside of waste management, I just look at the, the, the majors when it comes to golf. Yeah. Same thing with same thing with this. Like, uh, I mean, Wrestle Kingdom is a must watch. I think for every wrestling fan because if you're a diehard WWE fan, you like that soft style, right? AEW is a step above as far as in ring style, but New Japan, brother, let me tell you something. That is completely different from top to bottom. This was an incredible card, and that's in. And um, I think that we should first though talk about how we all, all three of us, tried to help one another trying to log on to this damn thing, trying to figure it out. The Japanese and the English trying to figure out. I asked bro, I go, I need your help. This is taking two days now for me to get on here. How do I log on? How? My sudden New Year's resolution is to learn Japanese by next year's Wrestle Kingdom. (laughs) I was so so in trouble in the weeds. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get it past the page of like, I, I wanted to enter my credit card information and could not, for the life of me, could not get to that page. I got to it once and then it like reset and, I, and then I couldn't find it again. Like I just couldn't find it again for literally 24 hours. So I didn't get to watch any of it live. Like I had, I woke up a little bit earlier just to try to catch some of it before I came in and did the morning show for ESPN Milwaukee. That went right out the door. Eventually I was able to figure out and watch some of the replay, um, you know, over the last couple of days, but, 
yikes, man. It was it was a tough website to navigate. And I'll also add, like, very affordable to watch Wrestle Kingdom. I think it was, like, under $8 here in the U.S., I believe it equates oh, not to, like, 99 yen. yen. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm not confident I know how to cancel it, though, because I don't want to keep paying. Like, it was good for one month. I don't know how to cancel moving forward, though. Right. Well, but you just, yeah, you just want to catch I, the majors, right? You want to, like, all right, that was good. See you next time for the next major event, right? Yeah. Well, but I, I'm I'm gonna want to watch it for February. Like I'm gonna want to watch the return match of Mercedes Monet. Like I want to see her go up, up against Kyrie, and that's gonna be happening in February in San Jose. Um, so I don't know if it's because it's in the U.S. If that would be a, available on Fight TV the way that some of the other New Japan Pro Wrestling events have been available on Fight TV. Um, so maybe we could just do that. But if that's the only way, like I'm, I'll keep it for the month of February and see that return match for. Um, for Mercedes. Okay. So as far as takeaways on the show, uh, is, is Mudo is, is the great Muda as we know him here is Mudo sure he wants to retire that, I mean, there was some good stuff there. I'm like, you sure you don't have another run Muda? I mean, my God, like you gotta he, let him hit the moonsault though. Come on. Well, I mean, listen, he's an old timer, <laughs> but I mean, he's a ground and pounder. That's what he is. I, I like what I saw there. So just very briefly, the story of great Muda is when he came to America, he was in, in the NWA. He was married, he was managed by Gary Hart. Jim Ross is in the front office of the NWA at the time. And in 1990, he said, you know, we can freshen things up here. The women seem to like Muda. Maybe Muda should, should be a baby face. A baby face. And Ole Anderson here, some of those old timers from the 70s, like there's no way a Japanese guy is going to be a baby face in this company. Southern-based NWA, right? <laughs> Imagine how different that would have been for Muda, who was over with the women because he was an attractive guy, apparently away from the face paint and the mist. Apparently, um, th there was thought that he could have been a baby face, but Gary Hart, the manager, who always had a, a switchblade, uh, was like, nope, you're not doing that because if you make him a baby face, I can't be his manager, so you're taking money out of my pocket. Screw that. Um, but Muda was so good and so unique at the time. I remember watching him late eighties, early nineties, and I'm watching him in his, one of his bye-bye matches here. And I was very, I was very impressed, very impressed with what I saw there. Yeah. I mean, Which, but by the way, I'm fine matches. with, I'm fine with him being good in his final, like better that than doing whatever Ric Flair did this summer. <laughs> True, true, because Muda's not going to be there the entire time. He's with Tanahashi, who's a Hall of Famer, Umino, who's a really solid uh, uh, wrestler, against Naito, Sonata, and Fujinami, uh, and, uh, and Bushi. So I think he was in there when he needed to be in there and did some nice things. I like that. Um, also, I wonder, does does Triple H look at Kari Sane and go, man, we messed up there? I mean, she was over with that crowd. I like, I like her. She had a nice matchup, I thought, against Nakano. Nakano. I also feel like her leaving was also kind of her wanting to go back to to New Japan. I think that was – I could be misremembering that, but when she left, I think she kind of decided that she wanted to go back to New Japan. And maybe that had to do with the booking that she was receiving in WWE. She was on Raw, was she not? And then Vince didn't get it or – I yeah. think so. Well, that's the thing. So, like, I'm sure she was turned off by all that. But, like, yeah, you have that good moment there. I don't think anything was topping Kenny and Osprey, though. And then you have Melter this week saying the two of them held back, that they were saving stuff for the next match, wherever that is. They don't know where it's going to be, but they were holding back a little bit, which I assume will be AEW profiting. But, like, that match somehow exceeded expectations, which I didn't think was possible. No, you know what? I, I saw the same thing. I ignored it. 
I ignore. I don't care what those two said. That was already, uh, you know, match of the year. And it's going to be hard because if that's the pinnacle, it's hard to beat that. Because yep. just when you thought it was going to be over, there was more and there was more and there was more. And they gave everything. I love that match with Will Ospreay and Omega to the point where, and this is when you know wrestling's great. I didn't know who's going to go over. I thought Omega's yep. an AEW guy. He's yep. going to put on a classic, go back to AEW. Didn't know he's going to go over. But those two yeah, are surprised two of the by best that. in the world. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I'd assumed Osprey just because he he has been one of the mainstays in New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially through the pandemic. And you would think that in that big fight that's been teased on social media forever, that they would pay it off with with Osprey winning. But clearly, there is something down the line. And maybe to your point, if there ends up being a Forbidden Door two, that would make sense for the rematch where Osprey gets his win in IWGP United States Championship back. Um, uh, you know. <laughs> It's, it's so weird this whole card right you got a aw people and ww people all on the same card it was just kind of weird right for for marks it had to be like oh my god look at carl anderson carl anderson loses his never open weight championship terrible finish though yeah terrible finish. See, i like enjoyed cool. that match up until that finish oh god like okay so you don't so tonga doesn't hit it all right give me a two count and redo it that's such a horrible finish and, and because Carl Anderson's part of the WWE, I thought he was going to lose. But just the way he lost, like, just don't just crawl out of there with a terrible finish. That took a, that took the win out of my sails a little bit in that, in that matchup. The yeah, other part of the with you was uh, FTR. Like, the announcers talking about, like, oh, the crowd doesn't really know who they are. And they weren't really into them. And then they start working, and all of a sudden the crowd's behind them. Like, FTR was able to win them over, and they just continue to be FTR, win or lose. Yeah, now they don't have any of their championships for FTR, which I think was kind of the plan because they're, by all accounts, their contracts are still coming up and they're going to kind of, that that was the only way that, to me, that they were going to be able to be, be free agents and then kind of decide whatever they want to do next. Next, Maybe they, they stick with AEW, who knows? But in order to be true free agents, I think dropping all those championships made sense because then that kind of opens them up. Because yeah, win or lose, they're still FTR and people absolutely love them for the work that they put in. I didn't like that. Like I knew they were going to lose the championships, but just that whole story, right? We should know, we should not know when they're free agents. They should not be losing the champ. Every time they wrestle, they lose a championship. I hated that. I, because even though we all are in the inside that we know, it's just that I just give me a little hope that, Hey, maybe they can win, they get, retain the championships. Like, Oh, you know, they're going to be leaving soon. So they're going to drop all their championships. We have not seen that since, uh rvd i think right because they took the two championships off of him because he had a drug issue mm -hmm. wasn't he like ecw and ww champion and they he lost in back-to-back -back nights do you recall that yeah well because that was right after he beat cena because he beat cena and for uh, what was that one night stand whatever they did it at the old ecw arena that you yeah. know if cena wins we riot you know they had yeah, those yeah. signs up there and rvd won it went in what was a classic match but then yeah popped a drug test and had to drop him and all momentum for RVD was more or less halted at that point in time in WWE. Yeah. Any chance you can see the FTR stuff being a swerve where we assume they're going to be free agents, they're dropping everything, and then before they're about to leave, they win the AEW titles? Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, is that'd that, be cool. Is that going to be on a Dynamite or is that Revolution? When we got to wait for that? When does that happen? No, I mean, Rampage. Rampage <laughs> in Nebraska. <laughs> Battle of the Belts. <laughs> That's not how that's supposed to happen, Tony. You're not supposed to put a special after your rampage because you know what that makes it? To our rampage. <laughs>
Terrible booking. <laughs> Terrible booking. Your your special is supposed to be like on a Saturday or a Sunday, like you're know, like away from your rest of your program. We're gonna have a, a special bell the belts after rampage. That's a two hour rampage, at at, at, a, at at a very odd time, by the way, too. And, you know, the ten to twelve is that. Uh, what is that for you, bro? It's 10 eleven Eastern. Oh, yeah, eleven, 11 to midnight. You have to record a whole new program, so it's definitely different. Reminder: Go find Battle of the Belts five for Friday because it's not under Battle of the Belts. They have to throw a number on it. Okay. So uh, I brought it up at the beginning, but what did you guys think of Mercedes Monet's return to the professional wrestling world? Because it seemed like, despite all the rumors, and I, and I know that women's wrestling within New Japan Pro Wrestling is new. Like Kyrie Sane is the first uh, IWGP women's champion, and you know they've had stardom and they've had other women's promotions over there. So this was very new of having women's wrestling as part of Wrestle Kingdom. Her return kind of seemed like it fell flat with the crowd. I was excited. I was excited to see it, but there wasn't much of a crowd reaction. It's it's Japan. It, it, there is no reaction. It's Japan. They they, <laughs> they all had masks on, and yeah, they're, that's not supposed to, they're, they're, they're not supposed to cheer there. I mean, even though you saw Omega trying to get the crowd going. Yeah, they made noise when they had to, especially during the Omega match. Yeah, and it's it, see, that's See, here we go. See, that's why we got to get Nitzel in front of more Japanese wrestling. You'll see some classics and no one saying anything. That's that's Japan. Like the same AEW with three thousand people. This is this is is in Japan. They don't say anything. They, they they are just very quiet and then they applaud when something happens. And you saw like she stopped talking and the Japanese crowd was like they give the light applause. They don't cheer. They don't. That's not what they do there. So what you're saying is going to Wrestle Kingdom is very akin to going to the Masters. You know, is oh, ooh, very nice shots. Very nice shots, sir. Right, Roach? Is that back? I think that. that's fair. But yeah. I do think that segment overall, though, like, she almost seemed too nervous. Like, she botched the finish, which I've seen people tweeting, like, hey, this is what it was supposed to look like. But, like, that well, sort of felt I don't know fly. if she did. I, I think there was a miscommunication with Kyrie of what it was supposed to look like because Kyrie went down to her knees when I think she was supposed to stay up so she could get planted with the DDT. I also got my hopes up that she was going to wrestle that night because of the fact that people like Bailey flew over there to support her, which I assumed meant she was going to watch her wrestle a match. Me too. I thought she was too. Um, it was good to see her. You know, she, she flew all the way to Japan to set up a show in San Jose. So, right. so I mean, it was just good to see her because now she just now that she's in the public eye. I just want you to know I'm with New Japan and we're going to wrestle. Uh, in San Jose, which is which is great. I mean, it's great. It was great to see her. I thought she was going to wrestle, but now it builds up to even Gabe Neitzel is going to keep his New Japan complicated uh, uh, account. Maybe because I can't cancel it. Who can say? <laughs> he doesn't know where the cancel button is because it's in Japanese. Uh, he's going to watch it. It'll, I think it'll be very interesting. I listen, I'm a big fan. I think I don't even think we've seen the best of her yet. I say that a lot when we talk about her. She's silky smooth, and I think she's going to be great in this matchup. Do you think we see her in other places? Does she pop up in AEW? Well, that's the thing. Like this whole tag team match with Soraya, right? Is this it, was this a swerve? Is she not coming? Is she coming? I, well, I think that she's not coming for this, and they had to make sure they didn't have a situation. They didn't have a Rey Mysterio coming in at number thirty situation uh, where 
<laughs> where suddenly you bring somebody out and they get booed for not being, even though like Rey Mysterio, everybody loves Rey Mysterio. Why would you boo Rey Mysterio? Well, because he's not Brian Danielson and that's who we want in this situation. So I think they had to get out in front of it, get Tony Storm in that tag team match, announce it this week. So you don't have Tony Storm, who's one of you're, you're trying to build her up as one of your stars in that women's division, get booed out of LA because she's not Mercedes Monet. Well, to sort of transition off that, that tag match part of AEW in L.A. next week at the Forum. So, guys, what are you most looking forward to from AEW in L.A.? I mean, it's it's the ladder match. <laughs> like, I mean, they they have found a way, and and it's all based on to me the chemistry that exists between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks because they've done that match so many times, all in, all out, like all the different tag matches that they've had over the years. The, the chemistry starts with those two. And then you add in world-class wrestlers like Kenny Omega and Pac. Like, yeah. Now, the, the chemistry has been unbelievable over the course of six matches. We always knew it was going to come to this. And now, like, one of my favorite matches ever was the ladder match that they did in Chicago, Lucha Bros versus um, the Young Bucks, where yeah. there was a suicide dive through the ladder. And they, they just came up with so many creative spots. Like, I'm, I'm expecting them to somehow top that because now you have more wrestlers involved that's to me, that's the answer because there's no way it doesn't deliver given the six individuals involved with that match. Yeah. And real I'm quick, so other things on the card already yeah. announced Brian Danielson versus Takesha. We assume Mox versus Hangman, maybe a Soraya mystery partner, and a Hook and Jungle Boy or Jungle Hook uh, make their tag team debut. Yeah. I, I think that because I'm so like into this elite death triangle thing, people thought that this was not going to be a good idea. It's a terrific idea. I love that. I'm going to get a quality match. It's guaranteed when you have a best of seven with these six, I'm guaranteed I'm going to get a great match. And, and so this ladder match is going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to that. I think second though, if we get Moxley and hangman page, I think we will, it's been built up nicely. You know, AEW gets a lot of criticism for not being able to build a story. Well, this is a story. It's been built up. Whether the microphone works in Seattle or not, there's still a story that can be told uh, between Moxley and Eggman Page. So let's go uh, Seahawks. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I think that uh, that that's going to be probably the second best match on there. I wonder does um, Danielson and uh, Takeshita, and what does that lead off? Is that or is that the first match so. in LA? Yeah. I think I think you start the night with that. I think. Well, that's why I think the weird part though is Mox Hangman, which I guess is top of the hour, because I do think that match is going to deliver, and I think there's legit intrigue. Like, who goes over in that match? Mm, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I I no. lean towards Hangman, but the number of you you can count on your hand the number of times Mox has been clean pinned right. clean in the middle of an AEW ring. And I have a hard time imagining there being a finish with Hangman where he goes with a low blow or he uses a weapon while the official isn't looking. Like if Hangman goes over, it would presumably would have to be clean. And with the story they're telling, you would assume that he would be the one going over. But with Mox, you're just not sure. Yeah, it, in again, the essence of wrestling, right? Right. We, we don't we don't know who's going to go over and I think that the build has been really solid for it um you know I, I know that there's a little momentum taken away because of the microphone issues at in Seattle because mocks start off really hot and then the mic didn't work we can't hear you clap 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 we can't hear you and then he I think he was a little flustered clearly uh he still was able to get out what he wanted to say but I think his initial thoughts on hangman page was really good um but 
there's a nice build there that I'm really intrigued about. And I know I haven't seen the attendance numbers, but I'm sure it's going to be a great crowd in L.A. for this. And then other AEW stuff, you know, that Brian match is sort of on the path. If he becomes the number one contender, he challenges MJF for the title. Your thoughts on the Iron Man match at Revolution? I am so intrigued. Like, okay, Daniel's thinking you're for an hour. Like, yes, yeah, no, I've got MJF for an hour? That's a little bit of a test. And he he doesn't wrestle, he wrestles so intermittently. Like, you forget that he's pretty good in the ring. And he usually has delivered when he's been given the opportunities to deliver. Like the dog collar match that he had with CM Punk was a great match. You know, like it, it was, it did wonders for both of them uh, coming out of that match. Cause it, it made you realize how, how much MJF could go, but for an out, like that is the ultimate test is, can you go for an hour? What Brian Danielson is going to be able to carry him pretty much carry. I think anybody for about an hour, but it's going to be wildly entertaining, especially because, like, if you're doing an hour-long Iron Man match with Brian Danielson, how does he not go over? But at the same time, like, I don't think they're just going to undercut the, you know, with the second challenger for MJF. I don't think they're going to undercut his reign on, on the second challenger that he has. Rose, is that breaking news? Is it going to be an Iron Man match? Because isn't that promo still going on to build that match? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God! Like, to the end get, of it. I mean, well, the other thing, point. I'm I mean, curious to see if Tony can sort of resist the urge to still book 20 matches on the card now that you know you have an hour already booked off, or if that's just going to be a seven-hour show. <laughs> Maybe the last. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, Wrestle Kingdom was just five and a half hours, so you know Tony's going to see that and go, "Oh, I I can do a show for five and a half hours. Why not?" I guess the difference is when with New Japan, I could not skip through it. Because I was like, ah, I can skip it. Nope, gotta watch that. That's Zach Zabers Jr. Oh, can't zip that. Oh, that's Naito. No, can't. AW, eh, Jade Cargill. Oh. I mean, that's something you can you can kind of scrub scrub through, right? I mean, seriously, <laughs> with New Japan, it's like ah, because you know what it is, bro. It's right. You don't see it live, right? Gabe, you see it live. It's like okay, I got it right here. Yeah, some matches like. Mm, oh, that looks like a banger. Oh, that guy's bleeding. Oh, his arm's broken. Leo Rush's, <laughs> Leo Rush's face is, is smashed. Oh, I got to keep watching that. I right, right, like, got to keep watching that. He's like, you know, so, um, no, I'm glad it's an hour. Um, they're trying to build it, though. I'm not going to fall for the banana the tailpipe, guys. You don't think that MGF can go 60? Of course he can. I like the I like the notion that he can't. Oh, well, yeah, and I saw people point out the dog collar match was 38 minutes. Yeah, he's fine. He's gonna run Damn. a little bit. I didn't realize sure. that. Yeah, he'll he'll be now. I I like the notion though that he can't hang. I, of course, with all that verbiage and all that, I mean, the promo took twenty minutes. Like my God, it was like raw. Well, life. maybe that's how they get to an hour. You know, they do forty oh. minutes of a match, and then MJF has a twenty-minute promo in there somewhere, <laughs> and you know that we get to an hour. I mean, it took forever to set that thing up. Like, oh my God! But um, I think that that's gonna be great. And again. The positive is we get more Brian Danielson every week leading up to the first week in February. So, you know, all of his matches are going to be great. So it's awesome. So that brings us to our news and notes section. Some other things that have been happening in the world of professional wrestling. Just kind of quick hitters. Brian, what do we have this week in news and notes? Uh, Dax Harwood started a new podcast. And on it, he said he hopes that CM Punk and the Elite can bear issues and move on to his best for business. But now reports out that Chris Jericho and others have promised the locker room that CM Punk will not return to AEW. 
Man, the locker room seems to be pretty divided on CM Punk. And I know Jericho wasn't a fan when Punk initially came in. Obviously, the, the elite's not fans of CM Punk at this point either. But if AEW wants... Look, I, I think that they'll still get a television deal if they want it. The, the, the numbers that they draw for TBS and TNT are good enough that they'll get another television deal. But if they want to take it to that next level, if they want to take a step up, CM Punk being around has been... Much like when John Cena showed up in WWE and they're drawn at, you know, getting 2.6 million. Now AEW's not doing that. But when CM Punk is around, they're closer or over a million. So if you want to maintain that level to try to continue to build off of that, to me, CM Punk's got to come back. There's money that's left on the table if he doesn't. Uh, and so you could tell that Chris Jericho has the ear of Tony Khan because of the matches that uh, Chris Jericho's been. I mean, so he loses against Ricky Starks. That's good for the company, actually, because as good as Chris Jericho is, losing to Ricky Starks is great for Ricky. Um, for him to lose against what's the, what's the kid's name? What's the, the action uh, and Dreddy? Action and Dreddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the double A, a double A and Dreddy. Uh, I, I think that, that that's good for, for him as well. So meaning that he's willing to do anything for AEW. So you know that he and Tony are tight because look where Jericho's been placed, right? So with CM Punk, just because Jericho says so doesn't necessarily mean that Punk won't return. I, I, and by the way, this is the weekly check. Please go to the AEW roster, bro. It's see if CM Punk <laughs> is on the roster. Uh, because if he's still on the roster, then I still think that there's a possibility. But there's money to be made there, uh, Gabe, in a big way. If if, Punk F- if FTR sticks around, Elite versus FTR and Punk for the trios championships? You're mm-hmm. telling me that's not going to be that, – that, that wouldn't be a banger? That that wouldn't be a lot of fun in the buildup and have that go off in Las Vegas this year? I think that'd be fantastic. He's still there. Mr. Punk's still there. And by the way, now, you're, working, you're working with two play-by-play guys here, bro. And so that was a whistle and a foul called. And so whatever, <laughs> whatever kid in that gym is going to go to the foul line. For two. Big mid-major matchup here, FAU and UAB. <laughs> if anyone wants to come visit, I'm between the second and the third floor in the staircase. I can hear no, the I, I, my guess is what they're waiting for to make any sort of official decision is Punk recovering from the injuries that he sustained before the brawl-out portion of the evening in Chicago. And once that comes, then, you know, then rubber will have to hit the road and they'll have to make a decision. But it seems like Punk wants to come back. He keeps putting things on his Instagram story about how good of a draw he was, about his action figures and how good of a draw that was, you know? I mean, Dan Housen sold him in in merch, but... His action figure number one selling of the year and AEW's top two YouTube video views, both CM Punk segments. I mean, if he can stay healthy, and he should be kept special, by the way, if he does return. I always thought, and I was texting with Jim Ross about this as I dropped that name on you, uh, when CM Punk first came to <laughs> when, <he> first, <laughs> when CM Punk first came to AEW, I said to Jim, I said, you don't have to roll him out there every week, right? You don't have to because he's an older veteran, hadn't wrestled in a few years, so you don't have to, you can keep him special. And they kept bringing him out there because the ratings, they kept bringing him out there, and he wrestled. And he's had a couple of major injuries since. So, I mean, if he does return, he doesn't have to wrestle for me every week. I have no problem with him just being, you know, doing some specials. I, I feel like part of that was him too, though, because, like, you know, they they – slowly revved him up from his return to all out and and wrestling Darby Allen. But 
the dude loves professional wrestling. He's like Brian Danielson. He gets a little taste and then he wants to keep going because he's a wrestling psychopath, which has been good for us as fans. But that's, you know, I think you have to protect him for him himself. If I'm with you, protect him from himself. If indeed he comes back to AW. A little taste. <laughs> Elsewhere, hey, I, notes. Uh, AJ Styles is beginning a house show breaking his ankle. He said on social media he won't need surgery, but this will be the longest he's ever been out from a professional wrestling ring. Oh, just heartbreaking. I, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like he was kind of drifting aimlessly for a little bit there, but then having his you know his guys return and the Good Brothers and and then adding Mia Yim to that, it, it just seemed like they had a, a good thing going. So it's it's unfortunate that. AJ Styles, anytime you see him in a ring, you know it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good match. It's it's just unfortunate, and you hope for a speedy recovery. It's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing AJ Styles drip the curtain at WrestleMania. <laughs> because he wasn't going to be like in the main or the right. mid time. He would have been in somebody's pre-show. I mean, and that and this is no knock at AJ Styles. It just shows you the talent of WWE, where you got a, a talent uh, in his the way he's is the good brothers. I think it's a nice, it's a decent act. I told you I was the good brothers don't do anything for me, those two. But I think that with Mia Yim and with AJ, that could have been something. And so we won't see him, you know, in the pre-show for Mania now. That's too bad. We will though finally see Bray Wyatt in a ring. It was announced this week he will compete at the Rumble against LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match. What the hell is that? Can somebody explain to me what a pitch black match is? I don't think yeah. anyone actually knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Knight, you want to explain it? Yeah. <laughs> well, who's this? Uh, who's this Howdy? Who's that? Who's that guy? His counterpart. And why did he turn on Bray Wyatt? What happened there? Yeah, I mean, Uncle Howdy. Look, look. I mean, maybe tune in after Mania. They'll finally maybe get around to it then. Like this, just. Look, I, I appreciate long-term storytelling as much as the next guy. And I have been very critical about the WWE's lack of long-term storytelling in the past. This is too long. All right. Like <laughs> let's get to a, let's get to a point here with Bray Wyatt. Let's get to a point with Alexa bliss. Cause she's clearly now involved in this after what happened on Monday, which I enjoyed, but then I'm also questioning because there's no way that I see Alexa bliss taking the championship off of um, Bianca Belair despite the beatdown, like, and Bianca still has you in her crosshairs and whatever, whatever Bianca beats Alexa bliss, that's going to kill the whole thing. So I don't know what the hell we're doing here. And uncle howdy and the whole nine yards. I was so excited for this. And WWE just doesn't want me to like Bray Wyatt. That's what I've taken for this. They don't want me to like Bray Wyatt. The gimmick's too good. <laughs> that's right the, the Bray Wyatt gimmick is so good they don't know what to do with it ultimately because you know why because the creative is in his mind that's why it's not something that's in a boardroom or writers are coming up with it it's in Bray Wyatt's mind and that's why it's complicated that's why it doesn't look great that's why it's extended out and again you're talking about a mid-card talent I, I like I, I like him very much so but just like this isn't working out. So I'll ask you this, Gabe. What annoys you more, the Bray Wyatt scenario or Jeff Jarrett being on your TV weekly? Oh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, it's not even close. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Get Jeff Jarrett off my TV. Here, hey, Which... God almighty, what are we, we talk about heat, right? 
So on Jeff Jarrett's podcast, he's so mad at the acclaim and so mad at those guys because they because of that rap video. And Jeff Jarrett's gonna get revenge. Did you see any heat? Do you see Jeff Jarrett really getting upset about how Max Castro was talking about his wife and his time with you know a TNA and Kurt Angle and that whole love triangle thing? Nope. No heat. Well, that wasn't even the best. Like the Kurt Angle wife pop was good, but the in the rap in the music video that they did, the pop on Global Force Gold, like the Ponzi scheme that was involved in Global Force Wrestling. And look, we accused AEW of being too inside baseball. And, and look, that thing was deep inside baseball, like deep inside wrestling. Yeah, man. I thought it was hilarious. I understand it probably went over a lot of other people's heads. But that was, if you understand, that was a really good pop on Jeff Jarrett. Oh, he was. But 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 you put it in the ring, and then what happens, bro? It's you put it in the ring. Was there was right. there heat? No. But guys, have no feel. Battle of the Belts five. Jared and Lethal acclaimed again Friday night. <laughs> Can't wait. Must miss. Finally, in news and notes, uh, Nick Aldis on January first officially a free agent. You know, he he, his time as NWA champion was so cool. I think that uh, in the mold of Ric Flair, Harley race, I think that Nick Aldis uh, was able to show what he could really do as a serious uh, heel world champion. And there was a disconnect obviously between him and the NWA. And so, you know, I would say the WWE, if triple H was in control, um, AW, it's so busy, so many different athletes and so many different wrestlers there. I'm not sure what's best for him, not impact, uh, you know, no, what not, about the Matt Cardona route? Just be a free agent, hit up a lot of these different places, and just continue to build yourself. Draw, that though, way. like Cardona, you can bank off, like, hey, I've seen him on my TV. If you're not a hardcore wrestling fan, have you seen all this on your TV before? Uh, no, no, because and as, as Nick Aldis was saying to Sam Roberts, he goes, The next thing I want to do is just on TV, man. I just want to be on TV. And I understand, like, he doesn't, like, YouTube's one thing, and it's fine, but he says the next thing he wants to do is on on television. So you only got two or three places for that, right? You should get excited, though. NWA coming back to free YouTube. Uh, no more paywall to watch their weekly show. Huh. <laughs> didn't even realize that... they put it behind a paywall. Good for them. <laughs> well, yeah. You have 10 subscribers, you say, screw it. <laughs> Let's make it free again. <laughs> is it Tyra still the champion? I won't be watching it for free yep. then either. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. Doing a middle rope knee drop and make it look that bad. <laughs> so bad. As, as a finish, by the way. The yeah, middle yeah. Knee drop. As a, we're seeing we're seeing <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. and like Kenny Omega and all these guys busting their ass in New Japan. And here's I mean, Tyrus coming out. Comparatively, it makes the the uh, Carl Anderson finish seem fine. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I think it's a great point. It's a great point by you. We have reached that point of the show. I think it's going to be a clean sweep. But what was your match of the week? I mean, yeah. There's, I guess the better question: Who's second? There's no way we could put anything over Kenny and Osprey. Well, that has to be something else in New Japan. Did you not like the Okada match against Jay White? Oh, it was great. Yes, that match. I, I feel like that match gets lost because it was. It wasn't as great as Kenny and um, Osprey, but like, it was really good. But I felt bad for them having to go on after that. Like, this is the main event for the IWGP Championship, and 
I don't know where else you put that on the card, but well, because of that, I watched it the next day. Like I was like, nothing's following that match. So like I went and watched the main event after. And like it was good because of that. The other one I'll throw out there is last night, Joe versus Darby. I could watch those two just beat the crap out of each other every week. I was shocked by that finish. I thought they were going somewhere with this true king of television character for Samoa Joe. And I, I, I understand it was, and, and AEW's kind of been the anti-WWE in this. Like, whenever you're in your hometown, you go over. Whereas with Vince, whenever you were in your hometown, you, you had to take the pin. So I don't know if that was part of what was going on. But for Darby Allen to just suddenly come out of nowhere and, and win the TNT championship, because clearly Wardlow and... It was just last week that Samoa Joe cut off the ponytail. Like, yes. there's unfinished business there. Why is Darby Allen just out of nowhere winning the TNT championship, despite it being, yes, a good match? Now, see, that's what we're talking about with the booking, right? Unless Wardlow is going to ROH exclusively, then what about the ponytail? Right? I mean, so, so because he's still the ROH TV champion. It was just the one title, right? It was just yeah. Title. It was just TNT. Yeah. yeah. So Samoa Joe is still your ROH uh, World Television Champ. Yeah, but that, we still that don't know was... where you can find Ring of Honor on television or when. Well, see exactly, and so I I think that that would be second on my list as well. I think they told a great story. Um, boy, Seattle, I'm so happy for Seattle that they were able to get AEW. That crowd. This is uh, five o'clock Pacific, right? And it was full and it was loud. And I was really happy for that. And he, it was, I didn't realize how many guys that are from the Seattle area with Danielson, with Swerve, with Darby, a lot of guys from Seattle. And by the way, Swerve is from Seattle. No reaction. Yeah. But Swerve yeah. can go. Swerve my guy AR Fox. You can't ever count him. Back. Like every time he's in the ring, it's a good match. Oh, I see. Yes. AR Fox. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, weren't we supposed to find out more about ROH and their streaming thing after? Wrestle Kingdom. Didn't did, isn't that what Tony Khan said? Like there was gonna be more details, and everybody thought it was after Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously not. At some point, yeah. I guess okay. again. At some point soon. All right. But so but I, I yeah you just gotta keep waiting. I just uh I just uh, think that was just tremendous that crowd. I love what uh, Seattle brought, and then it's gonna be in L.A. So they're going to new places, which I think is really great for that company. Kind of spread the out. podcast also points out Aubrey Edwards, a hometowner, last night as well. That we did. Going around of her in the crowd when Brian uh, retired the first time. Yes, with her Sonics, by the way, her green eyeshadow. <laughs> he wanted to point that out. And Jeff Jarrett says, is that what this was all about? You, whatever she, he called her on Twitter? Yeah, so interesting. Jeff, stop. Stop with the Jeff Jarrett. Can, can we actually Amen. be done after Friday? I'll, Tony Khan, I'll make a deal with you, Tony. TK, listen, I'll make a deal. I'll watch. I'll watch it live. I'll watch it. I'll tweet about it. I'll do whatever you want. I'll watch that match live. I'll watch Battle of the Belts live. And then you can take Jeff Jarrett off my television, right? If he if he makes you mad, he wins. Because that's genuine heat, right? If you don't like it, that's what he's there on there for, to piss you but off. But it's like, I want to turn off my television bad. Right? It's every week. I don't think there's been a week since he came that he hasn't been on TV. Every week, and He's getting more—he gets more TV time than the champ who cut a twenty-minute promo. <laughs> <laughs> but the reaction, though, right? F you, Jared. F you, Jared in Seattle. Like, is that something? Like, people are so against Jared because of what he's done in the business. <laughs> like every, like everywhere he goes, it's just like, hey, there's global force, and that's a Ponzi scheme. Here's TNA, and that sucked. And like, they people are against him because. 
people thought that Jeff would be the alternative. They thought that he would run the next AEW. And and here we are. <laughs> here we are. He's wrestling. <sighs> there is going to be plenty to get into next week. Of course, we've got SmackDown, a, a great AEW show on uh, next Wednesday in LA. Battle of the Belts. I'm sure that's what we'll be talking about mostly next week. Uh, Battle of the Belts. What What is this? Five? Six? Five? Uh, this is five. Orange Cassidy versus five. Kip Sabian. Jade Cargill versus Sky Blue. And uh, Acclaim versus Jared and Lethal. No. All right. Far. Can't wait. Sky Can't wait to fast Blue. forward through it. Uh-huh. Sky Blue gets a title match? Yeah. There's no one else on the roster, and I feel like she's even had shots before. Who else do you want in there? Sky Blue. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> unless unless you're elevating her up to the like main event roster of the women's division. Yeah, this is this is what we get for the TBS championship. I can't wait this for Jade Cargill. Been... I, I can't wait for Jade Cargill to sit on Sky Blue and lick her lick her our fingers for a one, two, three <laughs> count again. Because we've seen that a lot. Yeah, but... we, we have seen that once or twice, or maybe three times. Plenty of things to get into, and we'll get into them right here next week on GKW. Guy Blue.